Alright, so first off, I would like to apologize for last week's podcast, and with that we can begin. Welcome to Memory Lapse, the Magic Gathering podcast. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm Genji. And I'm Tyson. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> had to redo that opening. Because um, the, the original was just too grotesque. You might see it someday in bloopers, who knows. So, uh, what are we talking about today, gentlemen? Was anything <laughs> happening in the world of Magic Gathering? Anything? Well, we got a handful of new spoilers again. Let's so just far, say we don't have a ton, but uh, well, the Aetherborn are very unhappy with us. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we also have three of our Planeswalkers currently spoiled, and a handful of our rares for the new set, Aether Revolt. Now. I wouldn't really count these as three Planeswalkers, because you know the the two in the Planeswalkers decks aren't actually going to be in the set. So, like, one and two halves, because they are playable, but they're not really in the set. But, since they're still standard legal, I feel like we should talk about them. Sure, I mean, yeah. I mean, we need, yeah, we can. Especially because this is the first time we've had one that actually looks like it might be playable in standard. Oh, yeah. And which one's that? Uh, I believe Tezzeret, Master of Metal, from the Planeswalker decks, actually has potential to see standard play. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like, the interesting... I mean, Ajani's also good. Like, the interesting thing is, looking at Tezzeret, you can put it in, like, a token strategy with, like, Server Expedition, and just try to fireball somebody. Yeah, so, let's go over his abilities and his cost before we go talking about his potential applications. Sure. Well, his cost is my, my bigger... I mean, he's no Garuk Apex Predator, but, you know... I he's, mean, he's, he's also up. not 7 mana. Uh, yeah. He's 6. Well, Garuk is 7 mana. That's why he's saying he's no yeah. Garuk. Correct. But he's, you know... Well, I mean... So, we've discussed these 6 mana. He's 4 blue-black. Let's look at some other format-defining de- Planeswalkers that were 6 mana. Elspeth Sun's Champion comes to mind for any of us that played during Theros Block. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Um... Here for a short period of time, Chandra Flamecaller, the one from Oath of the Gatewatch, which mm-hmm. was another six-mana Planeswalker, was very good in standard. Like, that's two six-mana Planeswalkers here in recent time that have been absolutely ridiculous in standard. Well, see, the difference was... Hold on, let me let me read Tezzeret again. Let's actually go over Tezzeret before I say this. So, mm-hmm. he's four blue and a black, Planeswalker Tezzeret... Starts with five loyalty counters, plus one. Reveal cards from top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, that's his plus one. Now we'll go over his minus three. Yeah. Target opponent loses life equal to the number of artifacts you control. So his plus one fuels his minus three. Right. Minus eight, I guess that's me. Uh, gain control of all artifacts and creatures target opponent controls. So okay. he comes in a five loyalty. He can immediately go up to six and find you a various artifact in your deck. Right. Now, this is where his plus one gets interesting. I'm looking at playing him in a more control oriented shell. Surprise. Oh, you don't say. Surprise, I'm right, sure. Right, right, yeah. Um, Asper and Grixis both come to mind with the support that we've seen so far of other various cards in the new set. But what he's going to hit if I'm playing him in either of these decks is either one of my three Torrential Gear Hulks or one of my two Noxious Gear Hulks. Okay. No other hits. Okay. So I'm going to plus one and I'm going to get a Gear Hulk to my hand. So okay. he's Gear Hulk. Six, seven for me. Okay. Because I'm on three, two. All right. So you have no other artifacts then? No other artifacts. Okay. You can just keep plusing him to just get all five of your gear hawks at that point. Correct. So his minus three isn't super effective in this deck. But his minus eight is still something that can just turn a game around. Um, His minus three can also be really obnoxious. With zero drop artifacts. Right, if you want to play a bunch of Cheerios yeah, and, like, like the, you know, the Paradoxal Outcome deck. Yeah. And by that, I mean Aether Flux Reservoir, which is a standard deck. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, just, Six Man you, is kind of rough for that deck, though. Sort of. They have... I guess they don't actually have any Mana Rocks. They just have some color shifting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so it could be a little worse for that deck than one would want. 
but it's still a secondary wing con instead of the reservoir for them. Okay. It also or, you helps know, it can try to find the reservoir. Correct. That's now, what you're just getting at, weren't you? Yeah. I was going to say the minus three can also, you know, help to knock them down so that they might be able to just turn a couple things sideways because the deck does play a couple creatures. Well, my argument for it being a six drop that doesn't really... Because the thing is, whenever you bring up Elspeth Sun's champion or Chandra Flamecaller, mm-hmm. they come down and they affect the board immediately. Yeah, Elspeth destroys all creatures that cost four or greater. Power four Power, or greater. Power four or greater. And then Chandra comes in and says, we're either going to minus and deal this much damage to everything, or we're going to put two three ones out, beat face, and just keep doing that as long as Chandra's alive. Tesseret doesn't seem to have that board control, because the thing was, you plus it, and you get this artifact to hand. Right. Doesn't really do much. You minus, that could do something. And also, it's a loss of life, so, so it can't be I don't prevented. really think that this... Um I think I see what you're getting at. It's not very good as a um, stabilizer, but it's good when you're ahead. Right. It's not format-defining. I will give you that. Right. But I do believe it is playable. It is playable. (laughs) So we're going to go into a couple other spoilers because this is what leads up to me believing that Tezzeret, Master of Metal, is playable. Okay. So we're looking at, like, Grixis Control, Esper Control, one of these two veins. But there's, there's also the idea that because this is a Planeswalker... Because of the last set having a Chandra and a Nissa as a Planeswalker deck, and then a Chandra and a Nissa as a set, we're looking at another Tezzeret Planeswalker card. We already see that with the Jani, which is already spoiled in the set. And that not... makes a lot of sense. Correct. We do not know what the in-set Tezzeret is yet, but the fact that this one looks like it's borderline playable... Gives the other me one's a... going to definitely be playable. It gives yeah. me very high expectations for our actual Tezzeret in the set. Right. Because Nissa Vital Force and Chandra Torch of Defiance... Were well, they were I, a lot better than they, their other. They were ones. a lot better than their dual deck counterparts. Yep. Nissa Vital Force I've seen popping up in EDH a lot in Standard. You know, just a very good card. So, how do we make sure that we can play a six mana card safely? Uh, kill things, counter spells, remove things a lot. Yeah, you want to get things out of the way, right? So Esper does that better than Grixis does because Esper has Fumigate at five. Right. But Grixis has a couple spoiled cards that set up for a really nice curve. Right. So at four, we have Yehenny's Expertise. Okay. And I hope I'm not butchering that name. Yehenny's. It's one E. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's one okay. E double N. So I think it's Yehenny's Expertise. Yehenny's. It's two black... To the nth power. But it's two black black. Yes. Sorcery. All creatures get minus three, minus three until end of turn. Worse than languish. Worse than languish, better than flaying tendrils, but it's another mana than flaying tendrils, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. But this is where this card gets its real kicker from. Oh, God, so good. (laughs) You may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So, this card is an actual nightmare for me, because as a judge, I want to know, do I resolve this second spell in the middle of that spell, or does this fully resolve, then I start to resolve the second spell? Yeah, because it's kind of weird, because like if you're playing like a trophy mage next to this thing, does your... I mean, I will say with like 90% certainty... If I cast Yehenny's Expertise for... I'm going to use Filigree Familiar because it's not a card that's been... Okay. It's a card that already exists, so I don't have to go over a spoiler for Trophy Mage. Right. <laughs> if I cast Yehenny's Expertise and then put a Filigree Familiar onto the field, I believe the Filigree Familiar lives because since you do things in the order that they're yeah. printed, yeah. all creatures get minus three, minus three, then my 2-2 comes onto the field. Because there's a period there, isn't there? Yes, there's a period at the end of turn. Which means, you know... And then we go on to the next part. Yeah, I mean, punctuation is very important when it comes to these cards. Correct. Commas, periods, etc. Colons. Now, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Can you counter the spell that's being cast off of Yehenny's expertise? No. So, I'm <laughs> well, you casting can, this, but... right? Okay. When do I have to re- well, reveal or cast a card from my hand? Because can someone counterspell the expertise... To get both? 
to essentially make you not be able to cast the other spell. So once your opponent declares that Yeheni's expertise resolves, you would then cast your additional spell. Okay. For CMC 3 or less for free. So I want to talk about a handful of cards that are already in standard that are seeing play in Grixis, in Esper potentially, although Esper is not really much of a deck right now in standard. I'm not 100% sure why. I guess people just don't want to play it. But I think Esper could actually do really well in you standard did, uh, right now. Oh, Esper? Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, there was an Esper aggro list at the Invitational this weekend, but we're not talking about that. Yeah, I feel like with Fumigate, it has legs. Like, we're... <laughs> it can get there eventually. Yeah. So, a handful of three drops or less that are currently in standard that favor themselves to a Grixis control deck. Transgress the Mind. Mm-hmm. Collective Brutality. Mm-hmm. Flaying Tendrils. Grasp oh, of Darkness. Minus five, minus five. Yeah, minus five, minus five, and Exiles. Because oh, the Flaying Tendrils. Seems good. Yeah, so like... Um, we've got Unlicensed Disintegration, Grasp of Darkness, Ruinous Path, Murder. Like, these are all really good cards that are less than three mana that go with this Yeheni's expertise really well. Basically, you minus minus three, or minus three minus three everything, and then take out whatever's left. Yep. So, let's look at some other applications for this Yeheni's expertise. Not in Grixis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing Black Green Delirium. Well. Turn one, Traverse the Ovenwald, Find my second land drop. Turn two, play my Grim Flayer. Turn three, play Vessel, Crack Vessel. Hope I hit Delirium. Yeah. Bash for four. Right. Turn four, Yeheni's Expertise. My Grim Flayer lives. And then I can put my Liliana onto the field for free. Mm Mm-hmm. Close. I believe I was the one that brought that one up. (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, like, so I'm not sure if there's going to be a shell for this one, but you can have... A Grim Flare on the field. I don't believe that this is going to be a deck, but just because of how we know that things work, assuming that you resolve this second spell before Yeheni's Expertise fully resolves, um, you can have a 2-2 on the field, cast the Yeheni's Expertise, use an Eldritch Evolution to sack the 2-2 before the Yeheni's Expertise will make it die. Mm-hmm. So then you can Eldritch Evolution into a 4-drop. Okay. For free. Yeah. While giving everything minus three, minus three. Alright, so how does Eldritch Evolution work? Let me just find this real quick. Eldritch Evolution is one green green as okay. an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Okay. Search your library for a creature card with CMC equal to equal to or less than the sacrifice creature plus two. Right. So my two drop can get anything from one drop to a four drop. Okay. So I can cast Yeheni's Expertise. Or zero. Yeah. So I can cast my Yeheni's Expertise, sacking my Grim Flayer to get a Kalitas. I don't think that works. Why? Because of the period we were talking about. Okay. Because so tell me how creatures died, Tim. Hmm? <laughs> this is a fun one. I This is the thing that's going to annoy me the most about this card. Oh, God. All right. So tell me why you don't think this works. My Grim Flayer is a 2-2. I can't uh, use my Eldritch Evolution to sacrifice it. Because I feel like whenever it gets to the second part of the card where it says you may cast a card with converted mana cost, the minus three, minus three has already happened. So the state-based effects will already kill it and send it to the graveyard. So you are correct and incorrect both. Oh boy! So the minus three, minus three has already happened, making my Grim Flare have zero power and toughness, so it should die. Okay. But state-based actions do not get checked until the spell resolves. Since I'm casting a spell within a spell, it has not resolved yet. Oh my god. Please note, this is purely theory. Until we have rulings on Yeheni's expertise and how this actually works, this is my best guess as an L1. I'm assuming that's how it works. Um, I have no reason to believe that's not how it works. Until something comes out and tells me otherwise, I would believe that it works that way. Yeah. So, let's look at some cool stuff with Yehani's Expertise in Modern real quick, and then we'll go on through the rest of our spoilers. Okay. Because I, I warned these two whenever we were talking about what we were going to talk about tonight. I'm going to be on Yehani's Expertise the entire time this card's in Standard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've already looked at it in Modern. Understand. So, in Modern, I can cast Yehani's Expertise, and then drop my Liliana of the Veil. Right. Or my Tarmogoyf. Right. Or my Culligan's Command. Right. Or use my Ancestral Visions to target me to draw three cards. <laughs> or I can get Henny's expertise into this living end that was in my hand if I'm playing that deck. Yeah. 
I can also use it to go into, I don't know, like a flicker wisp to blink something so that my other things will live. Maybe I need to turn my spirits deck into an escrow deck. This card Cast literally anything has so <laughs> much potential that it's not even funny. The amount of oversight that went into printing this <laughs> is mind-blowing. So basically, the, the topic is perfect. The topic is perfect for this podcast. Yeah. Perfect. Like, this is a lapse it, of memory. It, it, the, the glove fits. Like, it's... Oh, ridiculous. <sighs> but yeah. Yeheti's Expertise is just such a stupidly strong and powerful card that it's not even funny on what this thing can do. Which, by the way, uh, other things I was talking to somebody about earlier when we were talking about modern applications for this card, you can Yeheni's Expertise into literally any of the... Uh, Cards that get used for, like, random Cascade decks. So you can Yeheni's Expertise into Restore Balance. I don't know what that thing does. Restore Balance is Balance with Suspend. Just like Ancestral Visions is Ancestral Recall with Suspend. Okay. So this basically works like Cascade where you can cast Suspend cards for free with it. But you do it from your hand so you don't have to hit them out of your deck. Yeah. So you can, you know, Yeheni's Expertise into your Wheel of Fate, Fortune. Fortune. You can Yeheni's Expertise into your Wheel of Fortune, whichever one has the Cascade cost. Um, in you mean EDH. cost. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, you can Yeheni's Expertise into Windfall, Dark Deal, um, Time Twister. <laughs> like, this card just has me all sorts of excited. Uh, so, you think there's any, like, like, I mean, I'm sure there's legacy potential, but is there vintage potential in this thing? I'm not sure if I would go far enough to say that it has legacy or vintage potential. I could see it in legacy. I'm not sure I can see it in legacy. Like no. what? It's four mana. What are they going to do in legacy with that? Like Yehani's expertise into a shardless agent's kind of cool, but that's like the only deck that cares about it. Also, it's and like, I don't think it wants to pay four mana for that. Also, it's like one spell cast away from being blown out by mind break trap because they cast this, cast another spell in the middle, and then if they're like, and also this, and you're just like mind break trap, everything goes away. You love that card, don't you? I do love that card. I do because fuck storm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, Yehani's expertise. Super sweet card. Right. So this fits into a Grixis curve really well. So we hit our four drop. We cleared the board because we gave everything minus three, minus three, and potentially spot removal or transgress the minded or, you know, whatever else to make sure that things are nice and clear and safe for us next turn. So what's a good five drop to follow that up? Grixis doesn't really have anything in that market. Well, it seems I mean, like I, they I guess, do now. I guess they've got Obnixilis and Jason Raveler of Secrets, but nah. uh, wait a minute. We have this other card that's been spoiled that some people are saying won't see standard play. Now, I'm not sure what world they live in that a four-for-one doesn't seem playable, but following up Yeheni's expertise with a card that says each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, then discards a card, I return a creature or planeswalker from my graveyard to my hand and draw a card seems really strong. Yeah, that's... A, that's that's a bit much. I mean, yes. like, I don't think you're getting all the potential of it on turn five. You're probably not. You're probably not getting a creature or walker back, but you're still making them lose something, having yeah. them discard a card and drawing a card, which is still a three for one. So you want something cute's gonna a cute interaction that's gonna happen is like if my opponent's doing the expertise shenanigans like I am, uh -huh. but they're not Grixes, and say they expertise out a planeswalker like the Grimflayer deck. Yeah, so they, like they have expertise out this Liliana. They have a Grimflayer, and then they have the Liliana. Well, like... Do you get expertise for your tribute to Hunger? <laughs> or uh, for your To the Slaughter? Oh, my God. Could do that. Oh, God, that'd be good. I'm finally going to be picking up Lilianas. I can see this happening soon. Well, I was thinking, so like, sad. you can go from the expertise to maybe, like, kill one or two things, and then do the dark... What is it? Intention? In intimations. Whatever it dark is. Dark Intimations yeah. is the card that I read earlier. Where you're three, sometimes four for wanting people. Um, so, like, you can make them sacrifice their planeswalker now since they don't have a creature. Making them discard a card, which if you transgress the mind off of the expertise, they're already, what, to three cards in hand now? <laughs> they're going to be low on cards. Yeah. While um. you draw another card. Like, yeah, it replaces the... itself, 
And basically takes two things away from them. Yeah, the point is that this card makes curving really easy in Grixis-style decks in the future. Right. Oh, and then you... Oh, no, Turn Gear Hawk doesn't hit it. No, you can't buy that back on Turtle Gear Hulk. We're not full Raytard land yet. I no. was so close to it. Now, if Torrential Gear Hulk was able to get a sorcery and you played it, yeah, you could hit this oh. thing and I'd be like, Grixis is the best deck in the format. <laughs> format defining and format warping. I do believe Yehenny's expertise come January is going to take our entire format and just shift it. Yeah. Like, yeah. this card Probably. is format warping. You're yeah. either playing it or you're playing to beat it. Yeah. And the great part is, at a 4-drop, that's before Sylvan Advocate's live. Blast all that shit out of the water. It's good against the red-white vehicles decks. Even if their Sylvan Advocates are live, you just put... So, my list is going to be on two tendrils, three expertise, plus a fistful of spot removal. Right. So even if it is live, you just use the spot removal that you're casting off it to hit tag the Advocate, and then everything else gets minus three, minus three. The only thing that I don't have a super clean answer for is something to destroy an artifact along the way. Because I don't think we have any good artifact destruction in standard right now. We have Not in Grixis. Yeah, I was say, we have Fragmentize, so that's about it. Like, I'm sure there's something somewhere and somebody's going to be like, Oh, you guys are dumb. There's this red card that says destroy target artifact for three mana. Well, unfortunately, that's not really playable. <laughs> no. Like, if we had Culligan's Command in the format still, Gehenny's Expertise in the Culligan's Command... Give everything minus three, minus three. Shatter your smuggler's copter and make you discard a card? Yeah. Yes. That would be super fucking strong. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon my language. But <laughs> Yehenny's expertise. You don't care about that. Yehenny's expertise has me all sorts of excited for the next set. Like, if this was literally the only card that we had spoiled, I could talk about this all podcast. So we're going to move on to other spoilers we, uh, before we, I do. Hold on. We do have Fragmentize. Yeah, I did. Th right, I but that that's already. not in Grixis. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, we don't have anything good in Grixis colors. Uh, yeah. Ruinous Gremlin's about the best we got, it looks like. I was going to say, come on, Tim. Be the guy that's going to tell me we have this three-mana destroying artifact on playable card that I was just we, explaining. Yeah, that that's that. Well, unlicensed disintegrate. That doesn't destroy, that doesn't destroy an, artifact. an artifact. Oh no, it doesn't. It just has destroy and, and an artifact. And thanks, Gatherer. Thanks for making me look like a dick. Um. <laughs> so that being said, you know, while we're on the topic, because you want to look at like terrible cards that can do stuff, um, if you're playing Bug, you can Yehenny's expertise, appetite for the unnatural out. Yeah. Or you know, natural state, or I'm sure there's other stuff. Yeah. Because, like, green has a lot of stuff that's actually well-suited to deal with this. We've got, what, natural state, um, yeah. root owl, appetite yeah. for the unnatural. I don't know any other ones that are three or less that are uh, relevant. I think that's about it. Oh. That's all we got in green. Another fun thing in bug, you can Gehenny's expertise into takedown or clip wings to make sure that you get their flyers. Yeah. That's just super flexible. Yeah. Like, this card is really, really strong. Yeah. Uh, and in Grixis, you can go into, like, Harness Lightning or Galvanic Bombardment or Anticipate yeah. or... Anticipate will never oh. not be good, yeah. You can Yehenny's Expertise into Essence Extraction. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yes, it is. I forgot that while I was going over the list of, like, really good black and red cards. Like, the only thing that doesn't have super stellar three drops to hit is blue. I feel. Mm. In a Grixis deck. Yeah. yeah like a, yeah. a Grixis control deck, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I can finally cool. play Fathom Feeders. I can Yehenny's Expertise into my Fathom Feeder so that next turn I can start activating my Fathom Feeders to draw cards. You're bad. Yeah. I am bad. That's Fathom Feeder's bad. another pet card of mine. I really yeah. want it to be good, but I'm just not convinced. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, the card, <laughs> card is good. Um... So do we want to talk about a three-drop blue now that we walked right into that one? Did kind of do that. So we got a, we got a, which one do we want to do? We have two three-drop blue cards that have been spoiled. Do the one that works with it better. I feel like since somebody mentioned Trophy Mage, yeah, we should let him go into Trophy Mage. Uh, okay, so Trophy Mage is a human wizard for two and a blue. It's a 2-2. Two -two. Right. Uh, whenever it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converting cost three 
What? Just oh, three. Just three? Just three. Okay, this thing's a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle your library. Like, I play Mono Blue Wizard EDH with artifacts. Excuse I don't me. even know if I can use this thing. It's not to say it's bad, because we do have, like, what are... Oh, the Puzzle Knots are two drops, aren't they? I, I believe most, most of, them. of them are, yeah. Oh. Ow. Um, like, what does this thing even hit? Other than, you know, the scrap thing right beside it. Filigree Familiar. Yeah. Okay. Dynavolt Tower? Yes. That you were talking about earlier? So oh, yeah. Okay. That's another thing that you can do. Um, back to Yehenny's expertise. What? You can Yehenny's expertise to put your Dynavolt Tower into play. And then whenever you cast your next Yehenny's expertise, you trigger your Dynavolt Tower for energy twice. <laughs> okay. So, back to Trophy Mage. We, it's it's good for Dynavolt Tower, Felgree Familiar. There has to be more than that. I can't think of anything that's relevant. Or the relevant. only deck that I could see that this thing that would want this thing is one, the Dynavolt Tower deck. Now that I know it is only Kavarman cost three, but if it hit four, it's a Flux Reservoir. Like that's the deck that I see that it would want. If it hit two and three, this card would be super good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, if it, like, I feel like it's in between for. Four. Okay, I just want to check. But it just feels like it's an in-between for Trinket Mage and Treasure Mage. But if they're going to have a fucking card for each converted mana cost, then the whole thing's stupid. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's really it. it. I thought it was better because I thought it was three or less. Nope. Uh, it's one, three, it's, and six. But it's, what? Well, those are the ones we have for two and a blue. Get stuff so far. Trinket oh, Mage, okay. Treasure Mage, Trophy Mage. Yeah. This thing is not that good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I wonder. That'd be cool. What? That'd be really cool. What? Um, spoilers that we have. Uh, potential things that could be spoiled. Or spoiled. So, Aether Revolt's a kind of like war feel to it, right? So we need cool weapons, right? Right. We're still missing five swords. What? You really okay. think they'd put this, the rest of the sword rotation? I don't think they'll put all five. But I think if we got one or two, that'd be sweet. Because then Trophy why? Mage would have a super good target. But the question is why? Why not? But why? We're, okay, so Kaladesh Inventions, or the uh, Masterpiece series, Kaladesh Inventions. Right. We had three swords in there. Yeah. So obviously they can be on this plane and they can be used for battle. They're weapons, right? That's uh, what they're good for, right? Yeah. I mean, the one card art kind of looks like it has a sword of fire and ice. Where? That one. Ah, I don't That's think a so. long shot, but... That is a long shot, but you know... That's a really long shot. Unfortunately, really friend, you're not a sniper. It does look like she is holding a weapon of sorts, so we might be getting something. I don't know what it would be. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be good, but... I mean, we have potential to get a lot of weapons. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Oh, I guess you can get Deadlock Trap too, can Hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. Hold on. Okay, so we Electrostatic have Pummeler. Boom! Electrostatic Pummeler... You can get your Deadlock Trap, Cultivator's Caravan. Uh, we're just going to gloss over the, those ones. Cryptolith Fragment? Uh, Cryptolith Fragment, sure. I really like that card. Chief of the Foundry. Yeah. And the other artifact that makes your artifacts cost less. Foundry Inspector? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harvest Hand. Ha I'm, st I'm trying to find Pilgrim's Eye. Pilgrim's Eye. Fucking Seer's Lantern, Renegade Freighter. Huh? Yeah, it goes to him. Ew. Um... Slayer's Plate, Slayer's Cleaver, Soul Separator, Strider Harness, Thirsting Axe, Weldfast Monitor, Whirlmaker, Wicker yeah, Witch. I don't think this thing's that uh, yeah, good. Yeah, right, right now it doesn't seem that good. Yeah, right now. So, but uh, we don't know what other three-drop artifacts are going to be released to complement this, as we were saying. Swords. It could be anything. Stop. <laughs> I would be okay with having two allied colored swords. And you're talking about there being a problem with counter spells. They would have to have some depowered ass swords to put in this set. I mean, we had swords more recently than we did counter spell. Yeah, I know. <sighs> so, do we want to talk about that bit, or are we still talking well, about what little we have so to deal with trophy mage? One, the only thing that we have so far that can that trophy mage can hit is uh, scrap trawler. Yeah, which is. Three mana construct, artifact creature, and it's a three two. Whenever scrap trawler or another artifact you control is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return to your hand target artifact in your graveyard with lesser converted mana costs. Okay. So I'm really sad that it says with lesser converted mana yes. costs. Because this would be really good in a in black green delirium. Right. 
I've got this Tyler's tracker. I'm a sack of clue. I'm gonna get this thing back. Huh. Or like with the Scrappy Scoundrel deck, like the any version of the Zombies decks where like they just keep cycling the Scrappy Scoundrels. I mean, the thing is, what other artifacts are they playing? I mean, they can play this and just keep. And also, the problem is the scrap heap scrounger doesn't go to the battlefield; it goes to your hand, so that triggers lost. Like you wouldn't really want to do that. Scrap heap scrounger does go to the battlefield, but the big thing is, there's not. Those decks aren't really three two. Yeah, the other thing is that those decks aren't really playing something that's uh, that's good to get out. They're not playing any vehicles or anything like that. So they're not getting Smuggler's Copters back or, you know, Hearts of Kirin. Yeah. Well, heart, since you walked into Heart of Kirin, you might as well get into that one. I was going to let somebody else pick it up. All right, fine. Nope, I was just shaking my head at you. So Heart of Kirin, since Tyson so politely... I think it's like a lizard head if you're, not, like if you're looking since, at it from far since away. Since Tyson so politely opened the door, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what this is. It is a two-drop legendary artifact vehicle. It's one of the mythic rares we know of from the set now. Uh, Scrap Heat Scrounger's two mana anyhow. I wouldn't get them back. I know. <laughs> but anyway, Flying Vigilance Crew 3. Uh, you may remove a loyalty counter from a Planeswalker you control rather than pay Heart of Kieran's crew cost. I didn't know it had that last part of text. You did not know that. Nope. That's That's pretty much the allure of this thing. Nope. You play a Planeswalker... You have oh a planeswalker out, you, you can play part of Kieran, you crew it. You just throw a planeswalker in the pilot seat and you say, okay. You can protect your planeswalker with this thing. Even better. So, Red White Vehicles plays a couple Gideons, right? Yeah. Right. So, you Gideon, you make your 2 2. Giddy up, as I like to say. Then you go to your next turn. You go, go, Giddy up. <laughs> you got a 5 5 Gideon. Yeah. You upticked him. You take that counter off. You got a heart of Kieran. Tag for nine. <sighs> I guess thing's gonna be really good. Yeah. Now that I know that it has that last part of text. So, going back to Black Green Delirium <laughs> and Henny's sure. expertise in Liliana's and all that stupid stuff. If you play your Grim Flare on two, your Heart of Kieran on three, and then play your Liliana as your four drop, you or you know you just. Uh, Yehenny's expertise, and then get your Liliana as your three drop for it. Hoping you, you have Delirium, so you don't kill your own Grim Flayer. Yeah, yeah, you hope you have Delirium, which is honestly pretty unlikely since you didn't go the Vessel route this time. Right. So like, you probably don't Yehenny's expertise. But on four, you play your Liliana. You uptick your Liliana, giving something minus two, minus one. Then you downtick Liliana to crew Heart of Kirin and tag for anywhere between six and eight. But since Grimflayer got a couple of hits in, he may actually be there where he is big enough. Because after he hits once, you look at your top three and you can just ship him to the yard to get Delirium. Right. So you're hitting anywhere, again, between six and eight. One of them has Flying and Vigilance and is playing defense to protect your Planeswalker as well. So Liliana comes in at three, makes something weaker going to four. Oh, down takes back to three, cruise the heart of Kirin. Punches and then takes off another counter to defend yourself with the heart of Kieran. You, yeah. yeah, Jesus. That's I why I'm saying this thing that. is a lot better. Oh my god, because you can. De oh no, <laughs> it's almost like they're giving us really, really stupid cards. Yeah, that's what I'm. Hey, look, a sword would fit it in here. All right, so they're giving us really stupid cards. Yet I'm looking at this disallow. Yeah, because you're not allowed to have a counter spell. I'm looking at this disallow, and I'm I'm shaking my head. I think this thing's good still. <laughs> I'm, it's it's utility. It's good. It lets you, it gives you more flexibility with your counters. I'm gonna read it before I go into this rant, but I do have a rant that I almost went into before we recorded. I almost wasted this magic, and I, I just realized we're this not. This is safe for you guys. Okay, so disallow one and two blue instant counter target spell activated ability or triggered ability. Okay, so I get it. I understand. You want to think that you're making things for control players so they can play too, but like three mana for a counter target spell, we're used to that. But three mana for activated abilities are trick. So we're going to be able to counter abilities that are essentially free 
They pay nothing except for they tap a creature and probably have a way around that to do it again or have another one of those creatures, but we can counter it once. That's not always true. A lot of activated abilities come with the high cost of like tapping or sacrificing something. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> anymore. Because like they've slowed that down a bit as well. So but I just wanna say something real fast. Um, one, you can hit, hit Planeswalker's abilities. Correct. So if a Planeswalker's ultimating, this is another summary dismissal yep. type effect. Right. Uh, you can stop the Grim Flayer be- fr- from becoming a 4-4. No, you can't. No, you stop them from being able to ponder. Okay, you do stop that, yes, but you can't stop yeah, it from becoming a 4-4. Yeah, like, you, you can help. Basically what he's saying is you stop it from building from itself. Like, if it gets there itself, like, it gets there some other way to delirium. Yes. It's not it's, by its it, ability. It helps yeah. you stop it itself because this is a 3-drop. It stops it from being so fast. Yeah. It also stops you your Planeswalkers from dying to Manlands the turn after you play them. Yeah. So, like... You don't have to keep your own man lands up to be able to block and protect your planeswalkers. Yeah, because you just counter the you counter the activated yeah. ability. Yeah, like um, it's it's. But the thing is, the cost you can counter cruise. The cost is a smidge prohibitive, is what I'm saying. Yeah, here. I mean, <laughs> Wait, if I'm casting a planeswalker, I'm probably not gonna have three men up for yeah. disallow. Yeah, unless we're in the super late game. Yeah, it's the cost is a little prohibitive. I mean, like, like generally, your planeswalkers aren't dying on the first hit, anyways. Mm. So like. At the part wherever you wanted to stop, you know, what, Needle Spire is probably going to be the one that's going to deal, or Fumeral. Like then I, you'll be able to protect it. Hmm. Like, I get it. I get we're not getting the real blue-blue counterspell in standard, like, ever. Yeah, because we never one, will. that would make control too good, and two, that would put counterspell in modern, which apparently is a sin. Hmm. But it's just... I appreciate the effort... But it's not enough. It's not enough. As a blue player, it's just not enough. Blue-green counterspell. Well, I mean, that's Void Slime. No, just blue-green blue, counterspell. Oh, that's awful. Fuck off. Yeah, Get out of here point. with that shit. I mean, Simic... Green's terrible, but Simic we were just talking always, about bugs, so... I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna like, say green is terrible right off. Simic has been very attractive to me since I started playing when there were some very good cards in Simic, if you ask me. Like, Segu Mahler was very interesting. The only problem was he was totally overshadowed by, overshadowed by Siege Rhino. But he, he, he was interesting. I mean, he had a morph cost. Uh, he was a six drop, I believe, right? Five, Four, three and then five if you morphed him. Yeah, exactly. Like, he had applications. Like I he think was, he had Trample and Hexproof, so he yeah. was relatively hard to deal with. Yeah, like, he was good... And you could play him on turn three, and because you had, well, maybe turn two, because we had Elvish Mystic then, play him on turn two, and then flip him over in, like, turn four or something like that. So that sounds more like blue-green ramp to me. The thing that he was overshadowed by for control decks was Pearl Lake Agent. That's true. Five blue-blue, can't be countered, pay three, or uh, bounce three lands to your hand, return it to your hand, Mm -hmm. with prowess and flash? Yeah. Like, that's what overshadowed Segu, overshadowed Segu Muller well, directly, in Control Decks. Directly, yes. But to be honest, in the meta, in the format, overshadowed by Siege Rhino entirely. That's fair. Yeah. And it was Rhino.format. Yeah. Like, I felt like there were some very attractive options in Simic because you had Ramp to help make your expensive control cards easier to play. And harder at the same time because your Mana Dorks were exclusively green. But you know, you found you had to find a way around that. But it, was, it still made things a little quicker for you. But it just what? Just I know. continue talking. I know. All right. I don't know what you're pointing at. Well, I'm saying we it. only what covered four cards. Oh, we've covered more than that. We've gone through one, two, three, four, Henny's expertise, dark intimations, five, hard to carry, and trophy mage, six, scrap trawler, disallow. Yeah, okay. six technically. Okay. I mean, Tesseract have, Master of Metal. No, I know what I know what Jinji's problem is. There's two red cards here, and we haven't touched. I don't care them. about the red cards. These both are bad. Really? It's all right, Solus okay. Red. You can talk about That's them. That's fine. You want to you want to cover red or don't you care? Sure. I just want an Elvish Mystic if you get Counterspell. All right, I'll talk about That's the awful fine. black card. You can have Lanawar Elves for all I give a damn. Just the same thing. I know. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, you can have Finhorn Elf. <laughs> if I can have all of these, then I'd be okay with it. That's too many. No. 12 green, 1 drops is too much. Yeah. Anyways, Pia's Revolution is 2 and a red for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token artifact is put into your graver from the battlefield, return target card to return your hand. Return that card. Oh, return that card to your hand unless 
Uh, target opponent has PS Revolution deal three damage to him or her. Uh, any decks this fits in right now? Um, I don't really think so. Not really, because the only so the only artifacts that are really play like super playable and standard are Smuggler's Copter and anything making clues. Also, don't forget Scrap Heap Scrounger. Yeah, but you don't want him to go back to your hand. Nah, that's true. Though, like, Scrap Heap Scrounger gives them a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Yeah. But at three mana, I don't think you wanted it in that deck. Nah. No. Now, there's actually an interesting red card here that I want to talk about because of Disallow. Now, Quick, uh, Quicksmith Rebel, which is three and a red, creature, human, artifice here... When Quicksmith Rebel enters the battlefield, target at okay, it's only one. Never mind. I thought it was like a blanket effect for your artifact. But target at artifact you control gains. This artifact deals two damage to target creature or player for as long as you control Quicksmith Rebel. So disallow is basically a counter to that. Uh, I mean, I feel like anything countering Quicksmith Rebel deals with that. Well, not countering Quicksmith. You let it resolve, but then it goes to do the ability, and you're like, nah, and then your Quicksmith Rebel is going to die because it sucks. But but Disallow can just counter that spell instead of the ability. It can. It can. But I'm just... I'm trying to find the silver lining in the shitty card, okay? It counters the Quicksmith Rebel. Yeah. You don't care about the triggered ability. Uh. If you want to find the silver lining in it, is it's a main deck, three mana counter spell that can also stop Emrakul triggers and Ulamog triggers. Hmm. No, I think he was talking about applications of Disallow. Yeah, but the problem is you have to choose one. Right. So you basically let the Emrakul happen... And then you counter the ability where it takes your turn. Right. Or you counter the Emrakul and let the ability happen that takes its turn. Did I not tell you about the one line of play I made against somebody? What's that? So, at one of the PPTQs I was playing at, I was playing against Green Black Delirium on my Jeskai control list. Yeah. And my opponent goes, Emrakul. I have a Scatter to the Winds and a Summary Dismissal both in my hand. Right. But his Liliana is about the ultimate. Yeah. So I go, all right. Scatter the Emrakul to make him think I don't have the summary dismissal. Right. Then he goes, Ultimate Liliana. Mm-hmm. I go, summary dismissal that. Bam. Disallow in the place of summary dismissal is basically doing that same thing, but a mana cheaper. So I can possibly, you know, disallow the Emrakul trigger and then use another disallow. Admittedly, I have to have multiple disallows. Yeah. On the Liliana. Right. So basically, we have another analog to summary dismissal where we just have... We have different options now instead of just banking on that four drop. Right. Right. Okay. So now, like, if I play Scatter and Summary Dismissal, now I have more copies of Summary Dismissal effectively. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that this card's good. Okay. Uh, I think it's fine. Like, I'm okay playing three-mana counterspells no matter how bad. Like, three-mana counterspells are awful. I'm not going to pretend that they're ever going to be Blue Blue Counterspell, which is a card that I grew up playing and I, you know, played back in the day. Because I've been playing Magic for like 15 years casually and 6 years or so competitively. Um, but I grew up playing Blue Blue Counterspell. Right. And then I grew up playing Mana Leak. Yeah. And then we had Remand. Like we've always had good 2 mana counterspells. And then Scars of Mirrodin block, we still had Mana Leak. And then Wizards kind of just went, nah, two mana counterspells are too strong. You guys can't have these anymore. However, we get the one drop prowess, haste, red red creature that, I mean, in know. standard, he wasn't, uh, Monastery Swisper was not super good. What? It was not as good as it is in older formats. Well, it was still good. I mean, it was still fine. Yeah, yeah. but it's not as good. I mean, isn't it still tearing apart modern these days? Yeah, because you have Lightning Bolt and all that fun stuff. Because it's read the format. Well, speaking of uh, two mana counter spells, we have Unsubstantiate, which is kind of remand. It's a really, really bad remand. You're not drawing yeah. an extra card. You're yeah, losing a that, lot of tempo. But yeah. that's the that's the point, though. Like, it's still a two mana counter spell. But the only reason it's not as good is because it's not a two mana counter spell that doesn't draw you a card. I mean, I'm so I'm gonna go back to you know former me. Talk to past me. Past me. I know that I was really excited about Revolutionary Rebuff and Unsubstantiate <laughs> and how I thought they were going to help us have, you know, like, good two-mana pseudo-counter spells and standard again. But past me, I was really, really hoping and yeah. were really, really wrong. Yeah. So, since you don't like Unsubstantiate, mainly because it doesn't draw your card. 
Yeah. What if we get three mana counter spells that draw you a card? I'm 200% okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm okay with Disallow, and it doesn't draw me a card. Yeah. If you give me counter target spell draw a card for three, yeah, I'm okay with that. In standard, I won't yeah. play it in modern. It's not good enough in modern. I've no. got a random modern. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, do we want to talk about any of these Ajani's or... Well, I guess we should hit the Ajani's. Uh, so we have two Ajani's, you know, the dual deck one and the actual one from the set. And Battle like, at the Bridge. I feel like the actual Ajani in the set's really good. Uh, he's yeah. solid. I, I like him a lot. So I'm going to do Battle at the Bridge first, just because this gives us a new mechanic. Battle at the Bridge is excellent black. Sorcery. Improvise. Your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one generic mana. Target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. You gain X life. So this card is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, especially since we were talking about the blue black, like a blue black paradoxical outcome Aetherflux Reservoir deck. You can cast all these Cheerios, play Battle with the Bridge, tap all of these Cheerios, and then drain something for like probably like 10. To gain 10 to help your Aetherflux Reservoir get off. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't even thinking about that part. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's All called right. Improvisation Ginger. Which is basically Convoke so except like for fighting? artifacts. Uh, that is him. Like, so in the art for Battle at the Bridge, because Ginger asked what, it, what he's fighting, it actually looks like he's creating that. Because if you look, that's about the same texture that his hand has for the stuff around him. And those are very akin to Metallurgic Summonings. Oh, okay. Like, if anybody, if you want to look, pull up the visual spoiler for Battle at the Bridge. It's Wait. got Tezra on it with his, like, metallic yeah. hand thing. And all these, like, silver, like, all these bluish, blackish, metalish. Yeah, yeah, it's just summon thingies all over the place. Yeah. And they remind me a lot of the Construct tokens from Metallurgic Summonings and the ones that you see in the Metallurg Metallurgic Summonings card art. Yeah, it, it, it definitely looks weird. I'll say that much. Yeah, it looks fine, I think. Phyraxian's gonna confirm. Go. Oh. I don't know. We're going to bosses playing after this, so... Um, well, which, oh, um... Yeah, we didn't talk about this part. Yeah, so on Dark Intimations, I believe we neglected like half the card text. Yeah, yeah, no, very did. possibly, yes. When you cast a Bolas Planeswalker spell, exile Dark Intimations from your graveyard. That Planeswalker enters the battlefield with an additional loyalty counter on it. Mm -hmm. So there's speculation that our new Tezzeret that's going to be in the set is going to be Planeswalker, Tezzeret, Bolas. Mm. Yep. Um... I don't know. Did, you, did anyone else say that? Because I know that I sent it in the group chat. I think you said it. Hudson and I have talked about it briefly. Um, um, well, Bolas is te uh, Grixis colors, right? Correct. Yeah. But but we're getting Grixis color spells. What would stand the reason that Bolas wouldn't show up? So but we didn't say Bolas wouldn't show right. up. Right. We didn't say Bolas wouldn't show up. But that's going to give us two Black Planeswalkers in the same small set. Yeah. So that might be a little much, especially whenever Liliana is as powerful as she is. That or it could as just, another Black Planeswalker. It could just be a reference to the next set because remember there was yeah. renowned Weaponsmith, I believe it was, that was re referencing cards that would show up in later sets in the same block. Right. So, um, give me a moment to make sure of this. Well, let's let's talk. Um, about, yeah, oh, you guys talk. Got um, but so, because the only reason that I'm, I was making the speculation is because. Tezzeret is basically just Bulos's. Bulos was messing around in Tezzeret's egg salad. That's all we really got. <laughs> basically saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he does this. Is, he does the um, the doings of what Nicol Bolas wants him to do. Right. Correct. So our last Tezzeret was Tezzeret, Tezzeret agent of Bolas. Right. Which is why there's speculation that he could be Tezzeret Bolas. Yeah. Or you know he might have Bolas in his name, and you know depending on what the ruling and stuff is. Because like it says, when you cast a Bolas Planeswalker spell, Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas, strikes me as something that would fall under this. Yeah. Because like he's a Bolas Planeswalker, right? Kind of. 
Um, the other thing is uh, intimation is the act of intimating surprise or making known indirectly. It's a hint or a suggestion. So this could be, especially since it's one of our earlier spoilers, it's either a suggestion that Bolas is in this set, we're going to have a Bolas Planeswalker here in the fairly immediate future, like when we go to Amonkhet, or that Tezzeret has potential to be like, you know, a, has a Bolas wherever it needs to be for yes. this card to affect it. Basically it like a subtype of, subtype of Bolas, which... If they do that, this is going to be the first time this has ever happened, that they have a subtype of a Planeswalker that's not themselves. Right. Um, which, I mean, amazingly, would be kind of interesting to see. I have a feeling we should have read the lore. Is there even lore out on this yet? Yeah, there's Probably. lore out. Okay. I mean, considering the last we checked in our lore episode, we had just found out Tezzeret was there as, like, the head judge. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean there we know might from be the past Tezzeret's affiliated with Bolas. Yeah. yeah. The only thing is we don't know if Bolas is there himself because we've been kind of lazy on keeping up with our lore, if we're yeah. going to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you were lazy the last time when we were doing an episode on it's lore. It's so boring to read through. But look, doesn't, our, doesn't this symbol mean that it's a lore card, though? Uh, it is a yes. story card. So okay. on that note... We should probably... As well. No, I want to go over this real quick. Okay. So we have story card five, four, two, and three. For our, uh, you know, story spotlights. We don't have story spotlight card one spoiled. Mm. Um, two's Pia's Revolution. At least I'm pretty sure that's the two. Or is that the one? Are we missing the two? I don't know. I don't know how you tell what the numbers are. It yeah, story spotlight two out of five is Pia's Revolution. Oh, okay. Number three is Disallow. I, saying, I can't read them from yeah, here. Yeah, we don't so. have one. Two is Pia's Revolution. Three is Disallow. Four is Battle at the Bridge, and five is Dark Intimations. So basically, we have huh. the end of the story, but we don't have the beginning. Correct. Ooh. Mystique. Well, like, if you're looking at the artworks... He's Tarantinoing it, goddammit. If, if, if you're looking at the artworks, it looks like uh, an Aetherborn, I'm assuming, is fighting... Who do we know? We don't know yet. No, this is Barl. Oh, Chief is of it? Compliance. Like, they're in the flavor text. And he's the one that took Pia, right? Uh, he is the one that has been, like, hunting Pia and sent other okay, people after so, Pia and stuff like that. So, this is kind of interesting now that I'm looking at it, because it looks like Pia's fighting, uh, whatever, Boral, because there's fire around them. Right. And he's like, stop this, Pia. Right, well, here's the thing. Let's go through the flavor text. Disallow. Or, uh, Pia's revolution. Pia's passion was directed at the big picture, at making real lasting change. Disallow. How easily your flames are quenched. Barl, Chief of Compliance. That could be talking about Chandra, though, to be honest. But I mean, he is in our story spotlight, so we're assuming it's her. Yeah, we're assuming it's the yeah, one but, that she, he actually cares about. Because yeah, but Pia's not known for... She's known as an inventor. She's not known as the fiery one where Chandra is. I mean, it's possible it could be either. Like I said, we're... Well, like we've said, we're a little rusty on our lore, so well, from the we're lore, just going off the story spot. Well, the, from the lore we did know, we do know that Chandra and Borel did have their clashes. Right. Well, so does everybody else. Like, so... Borel's basically the anti-fun, so he's the Azorius of Ravnica. Right. Okay. Where Chandra's the Rakdos. Yeah. Um... But anyhow, disallow how easily your flames are quenched, Baral Chief of Compliance. Battle at the bridge. This is bigger than you, all of you. Bolas. Tezzeret. Bolas. And then he's just, like, creating all this stuff in the background. Then we go to Dark Intimations. No flavor text. No flavor text, but the card the art looks like it could be all this stuff that's being, like, conjured or created at Battle at the bridge... Put into reality. Because that is Tezzeret there in Dark Intimations, I believe. Yeah. Which, possibly. I mean, it also looks like something's dead there. That? It kind of looks like a horn. Well, I guess that's not big enough for it to be, like, Bolas appearing. But No, that's know. too big to be Bolas appearing. What? All the stuff in the back. No, I was talking about the person in the middle. But Oh, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's not, not him. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that it's Tez. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But anyhow, we're missing the first one. We're missing our first story spotlight here. Right. Yep. I don't know what it could be now. I mean, 
If it was the last one, it would make sense that it could be like Nicol Bolas or something Wait, referring to him. Here's the thing that causes the real question. So we have red, blue, black, and then all three colors. What's the first one? Uh, well, we do have to wonder why a Johnny's there. So it might have something to do with white, green, with a Johnny. So when this is lore that I do know. When Chandra, Liliana, and Nissa went to Kaladesh, mm-hmm. Jason and Johnny went, or uh, Jace and Gideon went off to recruit, you know, additional planeswalkers for the Jasus League. So we might get an oath of a Johnny, is what you're saying. Uh, I don't think we'll get an oath of a Johnny because we already have our five oaths. We yeah. have one for each color. Mm-hmm. But they did recruit a Johnny. Okay. And I believe I have reason to believe, being that a Johnny's here and he's on impeccable timing and all sorts of other stuff, that he has formed up with the Jasus League. Right. Um, well, we should probably talk about the Ajani real yeah. fast. Yeah, real so fast. that's a good segue into Ajani unyielding. Yes. We're going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. Uh, he is a four green-white planeswalker with four loyalty. Planeswalker Ajani. No subtypes. Hints. Um, plus two. Can well, I read, read it out? It is. I need to save this uh, so I don't lose Okay, it. fine. Yeah, read Plus it. two, reveal the top three cards from your library. Put all non-land permanent cards... Reveal this way into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Um, so he can basically draw you three cards. And look, more than likely he's going to draw you one, maybe two. It's unlikely yeah. he's going to draw you all three. Yeah. Um, minus two, exile target creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. So it's a sword. So it could... Minus two swords with plus shares. Yeah, minus two swords. Oh, there it goes. Uh, and minus nine, put... Five plus one plus one counters on each creature you control, and five loyalty counters on each other planeswalker you control. See, this is interesting. There are lots of things that interact with loyalty counters. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> laptop dead. Yeah, the laptop died, so he had, he's running that over and plugging it in. But there's a lot of different ways to interact with loyalty counters that we haven't really seen before. So they're trying something different. They're trying to... You know, make those a little more interactive, having those have more function than just, you know, this on, you know. Well, I mean, Ajani Steadfast also affected loyalty counters on Planeswalkers. Yeah. Which was our Ajani before this, I believe. Uh, yeah. Three and a white, and his minus two was put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you can, on any number of target creatures you control, I think. Something like that. And add a loyalty counter to all Planeswalkers you control. Yeah. I don't remember his exact text, but like... Ajani's been known to help other planeswalkers out with getting bigger themselves and stuff. Yeah, but or it's better a, themselves. It's a little more widespread because the only card I knew of that really affected loyalty counters directly before was Oath of Gideon. And now we have a handful that do it. We have Dark Intimations that deals well, with that. Volosses will get a bonus one. We got Heart of Kieran that deals with that, you know. Yep, paying to crew it instead. Yeah, we have. What else? Well, I mean, like the older stuff that we have, we had like. Um, Doubling season, we just got deep glow ski. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, yeah, okay. And then proliferate, which we might get again, since you know we have Tezzer right here. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to have proliferate. Proliferate, proliferate is, is a, uh, that's a, like, mirrored, that's yeah. a Scars mechanic. Um, it's a Phyrexian thing. Oh, I think this Ajani's really freaking good. Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, I think Ajani's really okay. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. I think our audacity crashed, so you might get terrible audio for this podcast this time. And if that's the case, I apologize. Um, yeah, audacity froze, so they're um, gonna have to go with the video camera audio. For, well, uh, I mean, this still might work. Podca- it also, might be fine. It might be fine. I'll have to check it because, um, yeah, shit. Um, yeah, let's hope that's why, not the case. Huh? Let's hope that's not. The well, case. considering this is why I wanted to keep them shorter. Yeah, I mean, we're only at 56 minutes, and we're getting ready to sign off. Well, We've gone over everything but a Johnny Valiant Protector. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say... Uh, Quick, go! A Johnny Valiant Protector. Uh, uh, Valiant Protector is four green-white for a four-mana... Or four-loyalty Planeswalker. Uh, plus two, put two 1-1 one, one counters on up to on up to one target creature. Uh, plus, plus one, uh, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card in your hand, and the rest on the bottom in any order. Minus 11, put X 1-1 one, one counters on target creature where X is your life total. That creature gains trample until end of turn. Seems pretty good. Good for EDH. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a constructive playable, but him and Tezra both fill interesting roles where they're going to replace themselves immediately 
regardless yep. of uh, what, like, they're going to find something on their plus ones. Yep. And it's actually kind of interesting that the Johnny has two plus abilities. Correct. And then one minus, which is his ult, but... Right. Alright, so with that, we haven't gotten any emails this week to uh, read out, so go ahead and email us at memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com. We do look forward to reading those. And, uh, staring at this technical difficulty just making me upset. Anyway, uh, thank you for watching. Yeah, I'm Tim. You Goodbye. can hear us properly by... Yeah, hopefully this uh, doesn't cause any major problems. Yeah. And we'll try to keep these shorter in the future. Yeah. This is Tyson. Catch you guys next time. Yeah.